Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino says Ottawa is working with potential third parties to implement its gun buyback scheme. This later measure comes as four provinces have said they would not aid Ottawa in confiscating legally acquired firearms. The controversial management consulting firm McKinsey & Company saw a 30-fold increase in funding from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government when compared to his predecessor, Stephen Harper. Via Rail's latest corporate plan shows the company in dire straits after consecutive years of losses. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, January 4th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Cosman Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. After four provinces said they would not aid Ottawa in confiscating legally acquired firearms, Federal Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino now says Ottawa is working with potential third parties to implement its gun buyback scheme. In September, Alberta was the first province to oppose Mendicino's request to aid the federal government's confiscation program. It was followed promptly by Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and New Brunswick. Mendicino says Ottawa is looking at a variety of options to deliver the buyback program. Medicino told the Canadian press, quote, It's going to involve a number of critical stakeholders and partners, including law enforcement. But we're also working with other levels of government. We're working with industry leaders. We're working with potential third parties. So we are exploring all of these options. In May 2020, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced he was banning more than 1,500 models of firearms, including guns explicitly used for sport shooting and hunting. The buyback program would require firearms owners to sell their guns to the government or have them rendered inoperable at federal expense. Well, I don't know about you, Cosman, but third party sounds like an expensive option to an already expensive and bloated government program. Do you have any idea how much this is going to cost Canadian taxpayers? Well, I would just question who these third parties are. I, we know that the federal government has a habit of overexpensing taxpayers uh, for consultations, etc. So we already know from the parliamentary budget officer that this program could cost uh, $750 million, but that's expected to balloon to even over $1 billion once you take administrative fees into account. So will this add extra costs if we're hiring people from outside of the government uh, to do this? That's, I think that's at the central of this uh, problem. I think your assessment is exactly correct. How could it not add extra cost to, as you mentioned, an already extremely expensive program, a billion dollars? That's absolutely nuts, especially when we have so many Canadians saying they don't want this program, so many provinces pushing back on the program, and even police chiefs warning the government that this is not a policing issue, but that it's an administrative issue. With all these voices pushing back on the government's program, do you think there's any chance the government will eventually abandon their plans? Or do you think they're just going to dig their heels in? I don't particularly think so because uh, the gun buyback program is ideological from the liberal government's perspective. They've committed to uh, this sort of gun uh, regime since the very beginning, I've, we've seen Trudeau use opportunities such as mass shootings to implement his plans. 
So to see them uh, step back or abandon it is very unlikely. But uh, I think the opposition we're seeing from provinces like Alberta with the introduction of the Sovereignty Act and, and Saskatchewan's uh, Saskatchewan First Act will kind of throw a wrench in the federal government's plans uh, and make it more difficult to exert their authority over the provinces uh, and implement this gun buyback scheme. Data from Public Services and Procurement Canada shows that the controversial management consulting firm McKinsey & Company received $66 million from the Liberals between 2015 and 2022. This figure is a 30-fold increase in funding when compared to the Harper government. McKinsey has received flack in recent years over their involvement in consulting on COVID-19 pandemic policies, as well as financing China's expansion in the South China Sea via the construction of artificial islands. A large portion of McKinsey's work was billed by two departments, Immigration, Refugees and Citizenship Canada and the Canadian Border Services Agency, making up 44% or $24.5 million of all contracts. Contracts being given to McKinsey have grown steadily over the years without a sign of slowing down. In 2016, $1.7 million worth of funding was awarded to the firm. By 2022, that number had grown to $32.5 million in a single year. According to Radio Canada, the company refused to answer questions about the kind of work it conducted for the Canadian government. Contract titles included work to develop and implement transformation strategies. The work that McKinsey is doing is very obscure. It's, it's really sketchy stuff. So Parliament is still on break right now. Uh, MPs have yet to return to the House of Commons. It's quiet in Ottawa. Do you think we're going to see an investigation when government returns this season? I think as these types of reports continue to come out and, you know, media outlets like True North draw attention to this issue, I suspect conservatives will start to pay attention to this and they might demand an investigation. Now, they would need an ally in the Bloc Québécois or the NDP at one of the parliamentary committees, but they've been able to do that in the past. So if they can find a likely ally in another member of the official opposition in a different party, I think we could see an investigation into this later on. Certainly, I'm sure Canadian taxpayers would love to know how their money is being spent. As you said, some of these reports are rather obscure. So we know the Trudeau government has a record of dealing uh, with controversial companies and awarding contracts uh, on questionable basis. We recently saw Mary Eng um, get an ethics citation for giving a contract to one of her friends. Will this be the next scandal the Trudeau government will have to deal with? You know, it's a good question, Cosman. I think in order for us to know that, we would have to know a little bit more about the company and exactly what their contracts are being used to do. With the Mary Ng scandal, as well with the SNC-Lavalin scandal and the We Charity scandal, some of the things we saw in common with these controversies were the government giving money to people they were friends with. So with the We Charity scandal, 
the Kielberger brothers who were running the charity had very close ties to the Trudeau family, as well as with former finance minister Bill Morneau's family. So I think in order to really have this become that next scandal, we would need to see a tie of something like that. You know, people at this firm having close ties with the Trudeau government that was perhaps leading them to get more funding year over year. I, I don't think I see that tie currently, but there's nothing to say an investigation wouldn't reveal those sort of findings. Even though Via Rail received millions in pandemic relief and had massive layoffs, the Crown Corporation's latest corporate plan reveals the company is expected to run a $411 million deficit. The corporate plan reads, quote, Demand for travel may only return or exceed the level seen in 2019 sometime in 2024. Under such conditions, Via Rail, while continuing to prudently provide needed transportation services to Canadians, as it has done throughout 2020 and 2021, will be forced to seek funding. And in 2021, the Liberal government provided Via Rail with $187.5 million in pandemic relief funding. That same year, the company lost $370.5 million in revenue. Liberal MP and Chair of the House of Commons Transport Committee, Peter Chefka, recently called on Via Rail officials to testify before the government after travellers were met with unacceptable delays and cancellations this holiday season. Some passengers complained of being stuck on trains for hours without food or other amenities. Personally, I'm sure many Canadians have had a first-hand account of just how terrible traveling with Via Rail is. I remember when I was studying at Carleton University in Ottawa and I would take the train to Toronto to go home and visit family. There were so many delays, it would often take six and a half to seven hours, whereas I could take the bus at a significantly cheaper cost of about $100 difference, and it would get me there consistently in four to four and a half hours. Have you ever had these really bad experiences with Via Rail Cosman, or do you just know better and avoid the train altogether? The root of the matter is the fact that Via Rail is owned and operated by the federal government. And we've seen across the travel sector chaos uh, under this government that has passed it off onto travelers themselves. They've never taken responsibility. So... Uh, just recently in December, there's been talk about privatizing certain parts of Via Rail, but I, I'm not so certain that that's going to solve this company's problems. I mean, they've been showered with federal money since the pandemic. They got about $187 million from the federal government. So what is it really going to take? Is privatization going to work? I'm not so certain. In other parts of the world... Governments owning railways has worked fine. I mean, in the United Kingdom, uh, they have perfectly efficient transport throughout the country. So why is it that the Canadian version of this isn't working? And I think that's an, an integral question to the problems this government has faced. Yeah, that's a very good argument. I mean, I was recently in London and the train system there is very impressive. It's very fast and it's far preferable to traveling outside with cars. So you're exactly right on that one. I think the most disappointing part about this story is the Crown Corporation is asking for even more taxpayer funds while Canadians already pay so much to travel on via rail. So this is really all money coming out of Canadian taxpayers' pockets. Is it time to scrap via rail or overhaul the board? What would really solve this massive problem of what seems like financial waste? And we've seen, like you mentioned, uh, it's interesting that the calls to investigate this is coming from the Liberal government. Obviously, there needs to be some 
sit down with management at Via Rail and ask them, what is going on here? Why aren't you guys performing? Uh, what, what needs to be done to make this an efficient transportation mode for Canadians? Just this May, we saw a CEO from Via Rail resign with two years remaining on her term. So it, it just seems like a giant mess. And th there needs to be that cross uh, between the federal government and, and the Crown Corporation uh, to sit down and, and really uh, tackle the issues at hand. That's it for today, and don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.